Welcome to part two of this presentation on quantitative research. We finished the last section by discussing threats to validity, and we're going to begin this next discussion by discussing different research designs and different statistical analyses. Good research designs have three things. Manipulation of the independent variable. In other words, the inter intervention is introduced to one group and withheld from another. Control. This is a comparison group that does not receive the treatment. And finally, randomization. That is, participants are randomly assigned to either the treatment or the control group. Consider the example of the new fourth grade curriculum in the state of Virginia. A true experiment would randomly assign students to either a treatment group receiving the new curriculum or a control group that uses the old curriculum. As such, the design would have manipulation of the independent variable because one group is receiving the new curriculum and one group is not. It would have a control because there's a comparison group not receiving the new curriculum. And it would have randomization because students were randomly assigned to one group or the other. The first designs we're going to examine are the single group designs, which are also referred to as pre-experimental. The one-shot case study and the one-group pre-test-post-test design are single-group pre-experimental designs. Looking at the one-shot case study and using the new fourth grade math curriculum as an example, one group of students would be provided the new math curriculum and then they would be assessed at the end of the year. This is a very weak design because there's no pre-test to be able to compare the results on the post-test to be able to demonstrate growth and there's no control group. There is clearly no randomization or manipulation of the independent variable. Quite simply, there is no way to determine the effect of the curriculum. The second single group design involves administering a pretest, introducing the intervention to one group, and then administering a post-test. While the use of a pretest and post-test helps to determine if students' math skills improved over the year, there's still no way to determine that the change from the beginning of the year to the end is not due to other variables. Without a comparison group with random assignment ensuring that variables such as maturation, IQ, level of parent support, student motivation are spread evenly over the two groups, there's no way to determine that growth is the direct result of the new curriculum. In general, these single group or pre-experimental designs are weak because they do not control for the threats to validity because they lack manipulation, control, and randomization. These next designs are an improvement from the previous designs because they introduce a control group and therefore have manipulation of the independent variable. For example, one group receives a new curriculum and one group does not. However, they use already intact groups, therefore they lack randomization. As such, these research designs are called quasi-experimental designs. Quasi-experimental designs are used when randomization is not possible and the researcher must use existing groups, for example, using an already intact classroom if starting a study partway through a school year. The post-test only control group design without randomization is still a weak design because without randomization or a pretest, it is impossible to determine if the difference on the post-test is because of the intervention or because of initial differences between the groups before the intervention was introduced. The pretest post-test 
control group design without randomization is a moderately strong design. It is quasi-experimental because there is no randomization. However, there is a control group and a pretest, post-test. The two designs discussed here are considered true experiments. The post-test only control group design with randomization is a moderately strong design and is recommended when there is reason to believe that taking the pretest may sensitize students to the post-test. So this design controls for the testing threat to validity that we discussed earlier. The pretest post-test control group design with randomization is a very strong design as the randomization improves the likelihood that variables are spread evenly across the two groups and if by chance they are not, the pretest scores allow the researcher to statistically control for group differences. And we're going to discuss this in a little bit greater detail later on. Causal comparative studies are also referred to as ex post facto studies, or after the fact. They are conducted when the independent variable cannot be manipulated. For example, when comparing dropouts with non-dropouts or boys with girls. You can't randomly assign students as boys or girls. They are what they are. Causal comparative studies attempt to determine causes or differences that already exist between two groups. These studies are sometimes necessary. However, because there is no randomization, there may be alternative explanations for the findings that present threats to validity. The research designs we just discussed all involve making group comparisons. Now we're going to talk about the statistical analyses used to analyze the data gathered from these research designs. The four tests generally used when making group comparisons are the t-test, the analysis of variance, the multiple analysis of variance, and analysis of covariance or the multiple analysis of covariance. T-tests are considered one-way designs because there is only one independent variable and one dependent variable. There are three kinds of t-tests. The first test we will discuss is the t-test for independent means. This test is also often referred to as the independent t-test. The purpose of this test is to determine whether the two means of two groups are statistically different. Because we are using means from two different groups, the data is independent and therefore the name for the test the independent t-test. For example, are there differences in SAT scores between students entering Liberty University by gender? This example has one independent variable, gender, and one dependent variable, SAT scores. The second test we will discuss is the t-test for related means also referred to as the dependent t-test or a paired samples t-test. The purpose of the t-test for related means is to compare two means generated from the same sample. So this differs from the previous t-test. An example of this type of t-test would be, are graduates from Liberty more concerned with salary or job fulfillment? The third type of t-test is the one-sample t-test. The purpose of the one-sample t-test is to compare the mean from one sample to a known population mean. For example, are the SAT scores of Liberty University freshmen higher or lower than the national average for college freshmen?
The analysis of variance, or ANOVA, is very similar to the first t-test we discussed, the t-test for independent means. But, rather than determining whether there is a difference between two means or two groups, it's used when comparing samples with two or more groups, or levels. For example, consider the example used with the t-test for independent means. Are there differences in SAT scores between students entering Liberty University by gender? The independent variable of gender has two factors, male and female. However, when the independent variable has more than two factors, you use an ANOVA. Consider the following research question. Are there differences in SAT scores between students from high, average, or low socioeconomic levels entering Liberty University? As there are three levels or factors to the independent variable, that is socioeconomic status, high, average, or low, then the ANOVA is the appropriate test. In the case of a two-way or a factorial ANOVA, the participant must have scores on three variables, two independent variables and one dependent variable. Consider the following example. Are there differences in SAT scores between students entering Liberty University by socioeconomic status and gender? There is one dependent variable, SAT scores, but two independent variables, socioeconomic status and gender. The multiple analysis of variance, or MANOVA, is similar to the ANOVA. However, rather than having one dependent variable, it has two or more dependent variables. For example, consider the following research question. Are there differences in test anxiety and test scores by study method? There is one independent variable with three levels, individual, partner, or group study, and there are two dependent variables, test anxiety and test scores. Analyses of covariance and multiple analyses of covariance are used when trying to evaluate whether population means on one or several dependent variables are the same after adjusting for a covariate. A covariate is a variable that has an effect on the dependent variable, but it is not of interest to the researcher. In both examples, the covariate is IQ. Take a look and read these examples a moment. To eliminate the effect of intelligence on GPA, a researcher would want to control for IQ so that they can examine only the effect of socioeconomic status on GPA for the ANCOVA and on GPA and SAT for the MANCOVA. We are now going to shift from talking about research designs that involve making group comparisons and the statistical analyses used to analyze the data they generate, and we're now going to discuss correlation correlation analyses, that is, analyses that involve determining the relationship between two or more variables. Correlation is a form of statistical analysis used to describe the relationship between two or more variables. Consider this example. What is the relationship between time spent studying and test scores? Notice that both of these variables, time spent studying and test scores, are continuous variables. We're no longer making comparisons between two groups, but rather we're comparing two variables from the same group. The statistic produced in correlation analysis is called the correlation coefficient. The correlation coefficient serves two purposes. First, it indicates the direction of the relationship, and second, 
it indicates the strength of relationship between the two variables. If the correlation coefficient is positive, there is a positive correlation, indicating that as one variable increases, so does the other, or as one variable decreases, so does the other. An example of this would be, as studying increases, so do test scores. On the other hand, with a negative correlation, as one variable increases, the other decreases, or as one decreases, the other increases. For example, as studying increases, test anxiety decreases. The correlation coefficient can range from negative 1 to positive 1, and the strength of the relationship is determined using the following terms, slight, low, moderate, high, and very high. As with tests involving group comparisons, there are also several different correlation analyses. Bivariate correlations examine the relationship between two variables. The Pearson R is used when both variables are interval or ratio variables, or continuous variables, and the Spearman row is used when one or both variables are ordinal. Multivariate correlations are conducted when a researcher wants to determine the relationship between three or more variables. Partial correlation is used to determine the relationship between two variables while controlling for a third. For example, what is the relationship between time spent studying and GRE scores when controlling for intelligence? When discussing correlation, it's important that you always remember to not confuse correlation with causation. One example is if someone performed a survey examining the relationship between shoe size and reading ability, they would find that larger shoe sizes correlate with better reading ability. However, this does not mean that large feet cause good reading skills. Instead, this correlation is explained by the fact that young children have small feet and have not yet, or perhaps only recently, been taught to read. The final statistical analysis we will examine is regression. Linear regression uses relationships between variables to make predictions. Bivariate linear regression is used to make a prediction about a dependent variable based on scores on an independent variable. In regression, sometimes the dependent variable is referred to as the criterion variable, and the independent variable is referred to as the predictor variable. Consider the example, can GRE scores be used to predict GPA in a doctoral program? GRE scores would be the predictor variable, and GPA would be the criterion variable. With multiple regression, we analyze three or more variables and how well the scores for the set of independent variables predict the scores on the dependent variables. Consider the example, can income after college graduation be predicted based on SAT and GPA? Notice that SAT and GPA are both predictor variables, and income after college graduation would be the criterion or the dependent variable. This concludes our presentation of quantitative research. While this presentation was by no means comprehensive, and you certainly need to consult the course text for further explanation and information about the elements of this presentation, I hope that it did provide you an idea of how the different 
aspects of quantitative research fit together.